0: This is the Love Swoon Podcast, powered by Love Admin's easy-to-use software that reduces your organization's admin and increases its income. Find out more at www.loveadmin.com. Okay, hello everyone, welcome to the Love Swoon Podcast. It's me, Clive Marcus again, and this week I have Sasha Jerephy. Um, and he is the head coach of Hastings Seagulls. So, say hello. Hey, good to see you, Clive. Yeah, great. So, and today, thanks for the
1: invitation.
0: Oh yeah, no, definitely. Today we're going to talk a lot about Hastings and the nitty-gritty of um, the methodologies and bits that, especially as recently, you had. If my uh, research is correct, five swimmers qualify for British Championships um so then we can talk about how you've integrated those sort of like athletes into your sort of program bits like so of course you've got a big range of athletes in that program so making sure that everyone can accommodate is accommodated and bits like that so yeah of course we'll start off with the basics um as always um tell us about you um tell us about how you got into coaching and did you start as a swimmer and it's like that that's it gone hey Well, like most of coaches, um,
1: I was a swimmer when I was younger. Um, Did okay. Um, Competed in Yugoslavia, which doesn't exist anymore, um, up to national level. Um, When I was 17, um, as you do, you find other things in life, got a little bit lost, um, but very soon found that I miss swimming environment and uh, adrenaline rush that you get before the race and um, swimming friends. So I was lucky that my coach from my swimming days um, offered me to help on pool side and work with the youngest junior squad. And uh, it's been um, Oh, God, 38 years now of coaching, <laughs> but I never look back. No, of course not. And love it more than ever before.
0: That's the main thing, isn't it? That progression going forward as we get older. I think what was really interesting is, um, oh, no, I used to say Yugoslavia um, back in the day. So you started coaching in Yugoslavia and then you progressed. I did, yeah.
1: I um, I coached there for a couple of now. Four or five years, I did my, um, I went to there, you have to go to um, university to for two years to get qualifications um, and um, did that while I was working. And um, then after five years, came to UK, um, did UK qualifications. And as I was progressing, then I did um, American Qualifications and just try to learn all the time, make myself better. No, that's really
0: interesting. So, you did you the US qualifications as well, the American ones? Yeah, I did. I'm um, um, ASCA level four. Oh, nice. So, what was it? Did you find there was a difference between the UK and the American stuff?
1: Uh, yes, I did. Um, listen, um, you probably don't remember what qualifications were like here uh 15 20 years ago um that all changed and it's changing quite often um but americans do it uh differently um you have to start from you know from the scratch you know basically it's teaching basic of technique. um Different aspects of coaching. Um, Level four is not so much coaching; it's basically um, stuff that people don't stuff that people don't see um, when they're looking at coaches. Uh, uh, Stuff that you do when you're not on pool side, you know, covers um, uh, financial um, um, bits about club. um, you know, running meetings, um, dealing with sponsors, with um, outside agencies and, um, like I said, stuff that people don't see us doing, you know. That actually sounds a lot So I found that you. very, very useful. And since I've done that level four, uh, I find that I'm doing job better. To be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm thinking, how the hell did I do job, this job? Uh, without knowing this stuff, you know. So I found it very, very useful.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds a lot more in-depth than the the UK ones, the um iOS Swim England kind of ones.
1: It is um it is um like I said they cover a lot more um a lot a lot broader picture or uh yeah broader picture of, of coaching because you know as you know coaching it's not just, you know, plan a session, turn up on sides, do the job and walk away, you know. Particularly when you're a head coach. There's so much on poolside, it's probably only 50% of what you do as a head coach,
0: you know. Yeah, there's a lot of admin. <laughs> a lot of admin. Yeah. But no, I, I think that's really interesting. So I know um, one thing is... Um, I. I've heard that the, as much as I will say the tutors for that I've had and other people have had for the Swim England courses like Ron and people are, are incredible. They're the best. Um, but I, I would say I found the, I don't know, the content um, that you've got to do is a bit, I don't know, I wanted more, if you know what I mean. I wanted a lot more. And I do know from from you as well, teachers here and there, but from my other people I've spoken to in the US, the US courses are so much more in-depth and there's so much more content to it absolutely agree
1: i think our courses are good but i i would say they kind of just teach you basics of coaching um it's kind of how should i say it? just opening the door yeah. of of the coaching of coaching profession and then when you get in the room, it's so much more in there that we're not prepared for. If you just do basic, you know, if you just do the course and don't, we were discussing earlier before we started. You know, you said you know you're reading a lot and coaches. I think that's that's um, um, something that every coach must do because if you just spoke, if you just rely on what you learn on the course. I don't see that as it being um, anywhere near enough to uh, to be successful.
0: No, I agree with you there. It, it, you the bare the bare minimum. You know the bare minimum of how to get. Part. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to be able to, as you say, progress. Find that extra edge that will find unlock the keys to, or unlock the doors for the, your swimmers so much more. Absolutely. So talking about that, actually, I know we're going slightly off topic here from what I had <laughs> written on my bit, but so you doing some reading, was there any books in particular or any literature that you read during lockdown that you were like, that was really good?
1: Oh, I, t- I tell you what, I mean, I was reading only swimming books um, um, oh, well, up to two or three years ago, but I find I find um, that we can learn a lot from from people in other sports um coaches and you know um, so much you know like nutrition and 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 psychology um i mean last one i'm i'm just looking at it last one that i read is um uh, chimp paradox i don't know if you heard about it the chimp pa- got go on tell, tell us more um steve peep has written it
0: okay yeah yeah but well, yeah. for, for the that listeners that, there, we'll just look at the cover.
1: <laughs> I found it very useful for myself. And then passing that uh, what I learned from from, from from it, um, passing it on to swimmers and actually recommended it to two or three swimmers. Um and um, they read it. It's a bit heavy psychology stuff, but Once, when you get into it, swimmers. I had a really good uh, feedback from swimmers, and they said uh, it helped them to to um, deal with um, emotions um, and uh, with setbacks, and um, you know. So um, basically, read, you know, everything that I can get hold of.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: I I know. If you get one thing, if you get one new thing that you didn't know or that is useful from a book it's worth reading isn't it?
0: yeah definitely I, I agree with you there 100 percent. it's just that one little nugget that will be able to help you going forward yeah. yeah i know recently i've been really enjoying reading um university papers on um out from america on certain specific areas of resistance training in the pool and um, i'm a bit of a resistance buff anyway being a um a sprinter so it's all about resistance anyway but just like i i'm really into the um sort of integration of power towers into your training and stuff like that um but at the moment I'm reading up on um if it's possible to integrate French contrast training into the pool so I don't know if you know much about that side of like French contrast or po- pro, um pap responses and bits like that no
1: I'm I'm, I'm I, I
0: would say I'm
1: not um you know I can't talk about it I'm not familiar with it you know
0: all right, so um, the idea is is um, we create a stimuli, a heavy stimuli to ignite the central nervous system, um, mm-hmm. which will then... So if we go yeah. say heavy into a fast movement, so that's a post-activation potentiation response, um, but then the idea of French contrast training is to try and push that even further. So we'll do a... Sort of a potentiation, and then we'll do another potentiation of a slightly lighter weight. So we'll move from a heavy, heavy movement into a fast movement into a strength speed movement. So there's another resistance in there, which is a lighter resistance than the first, but still fast. And then we move into an assist. So we'll put our fins and paddles on and swim really fast at that point. And we okay, move. Through okay, that. Okay. And as we go from really heavy into fast into uh, are resisted at speed and then into an assist we're unlocking all the speed and power gains, and we're moving it really really fast, which hopefully means that will transfer onto your fifty a lot more okay
1: I know what you're talking about now i didn't know that's what it was called, but um i did um I did them um, last couple of weeks twice um um set where um that was the that was the aim and um found it works really well. I mean, not set that designed. Um it was um you know, I was discussing with one of the coaches from the London area. Yeah. And um I've got it from him. Um, so I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, we definitely if we if we get together for coffee this weekend, you know, we can expand on this.
0: Oh, definitely. I, I can bring my little notebooks. So I've got tons of them full of all these kind of ideas. I'm looking forward to see it. Oh, it, it, it's, it's a book of wonder. That's what I always say. <laughs> if we talk about Hastings, Hastings is a swimming club. Um, so I know we've got some international listeners out there. So where is Hastings? Um, kind of like what's the pool like? What kind of groups do you have there? Bits like that. Five meters,
1: six lanes pool. That's our main pool. We use another school pool, which is also 25 metres, six lanes. And then we drive once a week to town that is um, probably 15 miles away. Um, that's a third pool that we use. Um, it's not perfect, but um, it's better than nothing. Um, let's say four schools. Uh, top Squad has 12 hours a week. Okay. Which is um, most of the people say nothing. I'm I'm not happy with it, but we can't get any more. So I learned to um do things differently. Like in, in the in the past, I was in a job where I had 20 hours of full time a week, and I was doing things differently to what I'm doing now. Um, and club has um, six squads. It's just over 100 competitive swimmers from the age of nine to um, 18, really. Um, it's mainly age group stroke youth programme because we don't have university here. So I do lose swimmers when they're old enough for university. But luckily, they don't leave club for good uh, they do come back and swim occasionally or when when I need them um, so um, one good thing about being far away from everybody is um, you can't really lose swimmers <laughs> but then on the other side you can't gain swimmers from anybody so everything that we got we make it yeah ourselves yeah. you know I Nobody that's... can say, I've stolen anybody's sw- anybody swims, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't recruit really, can you? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think one thing um, that's really interesting to say, say you do things differently, it's you've got 12 hours. Um, and in my head, I would be sat there going, if I've only got 12 hours, I've got to be hitting it hard and fast more often. And I'm assuming that's kind of your mentality as well.
1: Exactly. I mean, you look at, I'll tell you how. Our um, weekly um, schedule is is just ridiculous. You know, you you swim on Monday night, you swim on Tuesday night. Then Wednesday, we don't have a pool. Then on Thursday night, we go uh, double. Then on Friday, it's um, only evening. And then on Saturday, it's morning. So if you look at Monday and Tuesday, you do two sessions and then you have Wednesday off so I look at it as a between Tuesday night and and uh, Thursday morning that's for me day and a half off
0: yeah which is a lot
1: and then you swim Saturday morning and you don't swim until Monday night I take that as a two and a half days off which is insane but I just can't have anymore so Yes, um, as you said earlier, um, we swim hard all the time um because having so much rest in between the sessions um it's a whole 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 week is planned differently. you know, I wouldn't do it like this if I was swimming more often, but you have to do it differently, and I was lucky to to learn that um from um, some programs that I visited in the past you know if somebody told me 20 years ago you can produce national finalists with those hours I would like I would say no way it's yeah. impossible but then I've seen other people that um, were in that situation and produced um. International swimmers. Okay, um, I'll give you an example. Um, I was lucky to be sent by British Swimming to um, Seattle. Um, okay. And at that uh, time, they had a girl, uh, Ariana Kukoc, who was um, world champion on a 400 IM. Okay. And they did seven sessions a week, and they were doing only singles, never done doubles okay and, and i was i was like well, what's the thinking about it? Yeah, but behind it and and guy that was coached then um, in in a club uh, Sean hutchinson said to me it's not my choice to do that he said i don't i can't do any other way because you know lots of my swimmers travel like 50 miles round trip and so- they have a school college so it's impossible for him to go back home and then come back in the evening so he said he had to adapt his plan and try to find a way to be successful with what he had and you know i came back and i thought well he's durable yeah just gotta learn how to do it you know
0: no, I, I agree with that. And also, more and more since um, I've progressed and I've managed to go and look at other programmes like you as well, um, I've noticed that even at an international level, as you're saying, there's still there's athletes there who are only training very short amounts of the week. But then again, it would be said, though, for those athletes I did see, I saw um, some like late 20s training for like World Championships and stuff like that. But they had... In their younger years, been training the twenty-hour weeks. You know, their aerobic base was great, and now they were just progressing on race skills and bits like that as they got older. Um, but then again, I do agree with you. It's, it's very much sort of depending on how you structure the program depends on how what you can. get. Well,
1: I mean, listen, I, I, I you know, when we were in lockdown, we had all these coaches' meetings and 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 you know. Uh, people were great organizing. We had county meetings. We had the, um, regional meetings. We had national meetings. And I found it really strange how often coaches were just, not everybody, but some coaches were complaining, oh, I lost this and I haven't got this. Or, you know, and I'm thinking, well, there's no point crying about it, you know. Go and make you better. Find a way. You yeah. Know, because... On the end of the day, when you go to competitions, people really don't care what you got. They look at your results and you're judged on your results. How you got there, uh, nobody cares. And, you know, I kind of made myself now look at it positive. And if you don't like something, find a way to change it. Um, so, you know, it works for me. Yeah, no, to be you, honest with you, I'm much happier <laughs> doing
0: I mean, a job, big, you know? Yeah. And I, I agree with you, actually, because um, I know some people turn around to me and, um, like, I went into British Championships. I had COVID, like, a week, two weeks beforehand. And I came away and I was like, oh, it was an awful swim, if you know what I mean. People were like, um, oh, yeah, but you had COVID. And I'm like, yeah, but when I stand on that block, you know, and I finish it and the time comes off on the list, it doesn't say with consideration that you had COVID, if you know what I mean. Like it's the end of that, if you know what I mean. It's like, oh, that's what you went, that's what you did. If you know, it's very cutthroat, but then again, that's what makes it that's what changes everyone, if you know, that's what progresses you further is the fact that it's that or nothing, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: no, and I, I think that is a really interesting point, um, to make, especially as I we do know that there's coaches out there who be like with their local teams and they're like, oh, we don't have 20 hours we're well, not going to produce anything. We're stuck at that level. And it's definitely not needing to be that way, of course. As I you
1: depends who you're working with. Depends what, what you know, I mean, when I say who you're working with, depends, you know, what age groups you're working with. Depends on, on um, what distance, what event you're preparing um, your swimmers for. Um, but... You got what you got, and like I said, you know, I just think, you know, use every bit of what you got um, and enjoy it, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. And to be fair, this is coming on really nicely to um, my next question I've got on my list, actually. It's about the methodology of Hastings and what your methodology is. And you're kind of describing this quite nicely here. It's kind of like what you're thinking is what you've got is, and you're working with that, I assume
1: well listen um I, I i I think it's difficult to to say what this number one priority is but i I really feel that communication and education that's that's what helped me here I think that's where our success came from uh, and when I say communication I'm talking about communication with with people that employ me, with the committee, communication with swimmers, communication with parents, and then education of those people. Um, it take, for example, swimmers. I believe that swimmers with more knowledge will end up being better swimmers. So I don't hold back, um, certainly with a top squad, um, they, um, they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. If they understand it, they will do it better. Yeah. Um, I try to speak to every swimmer, every single session, and I try to speak to their parents at least once a week, if possible. Um, face-to-face, um, phone call, or just the message, you know, just to keep them in a loop, how kids are doing. And, and I, I feel that that worked really, really well for me. Um, main thing is what uh, I'm working with now, um, atmosphere is, is just amazing. You know, it's exciting being on poolside with them. Uh, you can see that they're happy to be there. Um, they're working as a team. They're pushing each other. And, you know, you said we had five at uh, British Champs. You know, four of them were first time at British Champs. Three of them were first time at any national championship. But because they work together, they, they're helping each other. Um, I think that made a big difference. You know, um, you got got... Um, Success feeds success. Yeah, yeah. Or on the opposite side, you—if you have a one rotten apple in a basket, you probably end up with the whole basket being rotten. Yeah. So I'm really keeping eye on that, making sure the team spirit is high. And as long as kids are happy to be there, you can't go wrong with it.
0: No, I agree with you. I—I th- I think the way I, I, I describe it almost the same. as that like, fast swimmers make fast swimmers. And
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy swimmers are fast swimmers, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And that, and it all progresses that way. And I, I agree with you. And I think you, the way you're talking about your squad dynamics, there is so important because if the squad dynamics aren't there, nothing's going to be there. And your kids want to turn up and race in training, then that's then the, your job's easy at that point after that.
1: You know, when when swimmers tells you, oh, it's a yeah, no, I swim for myself, you know, it's in, it's in individual sport, yeah, maybe on once when you get on the block, but apart from that, everything else is teamwork, you know?
0: No, I agree. And it, you're all there together. And to be fair, even, okay, when you're on the block, it is, but then that time before the block, that time in the warm-up, you're there as a team. And when you watch the other yeah, yeah. race, and they swim well, it's you swim well too. It's, watch, it's that whole atmosphere, as you're saying.
1: And I, I, as I said to you earlier, I think communication is so important you know i i i i'm am working on it all the time to make myself better but um when i look at like 10 15 20 years ago um phew, it was nowhere near what it is now you know you just kind of turn up you do the job and then you walk away and um when you're a younger coach you, you don't like being questioned and um um I don't know if that is a lack of experience, lack of, uh, lack of confidence, but I do encourage my swimmers now to question things. Obviously, there is a way of questioning and time, but I do like them to question things um, because that shows me that they're thinking about what they're doing. And as I said to you before, um, I really believe if they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it, they will do it better which yeah. will then end up with a you know more success
0: no i agree with you very 100 percent. i know the coaches that i i work with it's very much a time where we'll be doing He'll they'll write stuff on the board and i'll be like well okay we're doing this because of this this and this and then i'll be like well on that bit there can i do this instead because that worked better for me in that sense and he's like yeah of course we'll do that instead so okay other guys may be doing one thing and or maybe be doing something similar, but the same kind of thing, but slightly different just because it helped me on a certain area. And I think that's really key. And me, whenever I do coaching for a couple of athletes, I'll always turn around. You may have three lanes with three different sets. Well, the same set, but three different ways of writing the same set, if you know what I mean. It's each specific to what they feel may suit them slightly better to be able to get the most out of them.
1: You see, I find that I find that, uh, tricky. I know what you're saying. I mean, uh, my squad has uh, uh, 14 swimmers. and They always have two lanes only. Just two lanes, and, swimmers? Yeah. Um, and you know when you have like uh, 50 metres breaststrokers, and I've got three of them that are on national level, and then you have 400 medley swimmer, and everything in between so writing the session for two lanes for such a wide range it is is tricky but um you know before I would say well you can't do it you know but as you get more experience and you learn from other coaches and and from your experience you find ways so you know it may look like they're all doing the same but they're not, you know, the yes. program is individualized to, you know, well, as much as you can with what you got,
0: you know. Yeah.
1: And but, it, it works, you know, it works.
0: Yeah. I'm interested now. In so if we've got, um, as you say, you're at 50 breaststrokes in a 4AMR, um, how would you, one session, you've got to hit both of them in some way. How, are you, how would you consider going along those kind of lines? well i mean what would be a good example you know um,
1: let's say you're doing you're doing you know i don't know, pace work for for 400 medley swimmer and um, you know he or she may do four 100s um, on whatever time 50 meters may swim in the same a 50 meter swimmer may swim in the same lane they will do 50 on the same time. So they get a lot more recovery. Um, they may go um, 10 seconds after. swimmer is doing hundreds, so they're not on each other's way. Um, sometimes those two lanes are organized differently. Sometimes it's just boys in one lane, just girls in the other lane. Because they may be doing different, different things, or may do same thing but on different times. Because girls are a little slower, or some of them much slower. Uh, sometimes it's going to be, you know, I don't know. You have to put butterflies and breaststrokers in one lane, and backstrokers and freestylers in other lane. You know, I mean, uh, lane is change- Lanes are changing all the time, depending on what you do. It is pain in the butt, but you know. <laughs> When you when you don't have, I mean, I would love to have like four lanes, and three people per lane, you know, like they do in the big um, uh, performance centers. But it's just not possible, you know. So you got to improvise, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really inspiring, though, the fact that you can still produce, like as I said, five Con- uh, Commonwealth Trials athletes in two lanes of fourteen swimmers. If you know, what. I think that's that's really impressive. Well,
1: I tell you what. I mean, I can't see myself producing national level fifteen hundred meter swimmer with what I've got. Yeah, but you never know. Some, you know how fifteen hundred meter swimmers have to be. There they are different breed. They're nuts, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, if I don't know, some someday some. You know, Nutter may come, and um, I may have to change everything that I'm doing and accommodate 1500 meter swimmer in that program, which I don't know how I would do, but I'll deal with it if it happens and when it happens, you
0: know. You can just send them out to the beach, right? You're you're right by the sea anyway. Yeah, but you know how many okay, how you. many
1: how many swimmers um um are can do both? You know, open water and 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 a pool. You know, that's um doesn't happen very often, you know, especially oh, kids these
0: days, you know. It's like, oh, no, I can't do that, you know. <laughs> well, to be fair, if you can't see the bottom, it's a bit scary for me. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, actually, we, we were, we we're kind of brushing on this anyway. Um, but what I also was wanted to talk to you about, you had British Championships, you had swimmers coming in, and how you accommodated for those swimmers in your training. And we're kind of talking about it anyway, the way that you – the variations between – what you have in these two lanes. Now, I think it's even more interesting now that the way you said you've only got two lanes, you've got five championship swimmers, like that accommodation is not key.
1: Do you know what? I mean, it, it was, I, I think I think we were lucky. Um, Wait, that's how I see it. The way that they did it, do you remember? It was the British Champs and last what was it, I can't remember now, was it, um, window was opening. Yeah, yeah. For, for summer champs. Yeah. So, we did a meet in Luton. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I thought, do you know what, I'm going to, guys they are not going to British champs, I'm going to taper them for that meet. Yeah. So, they all feel... They got something to work for for that particular week. Um, they all felt important um, because for all of them, it was big thing. You know, yeah. And like I said, most of them never been to national. so these kids that were aiming to do a good times to put that put the times on um, on a ranking in the window and didn't feel. They would probably feel left out if I had to focus on five that were going to British Champs, which I would. And I would explain to them that I have to focus on those guys a little bit more that week. But I thought, you know what? I don't have to do that because I can make this week important for everybody. And it worked really well. Yeah, I was going
0: to say that's a great idea that that – Especially as you say, you've not got a lot of lane space to be able to put those guys somewhere else, and you know, carry on. Like having everyone have a target meet at the same time is a great, great move forward. And especially as you, well, say, like you can to say, qualify. For we stuff. were
1: lucky with it. I mean, it doesn't happen very often. You know, you think about it when you get to summer nationals. Um, I'm not going to be able to do that because people that are not going to nationals will be. Okay, season is over,
0: you know yeah
1: kind of I think we will have last meet last meet for people M- most of the people in the club will do last meet mid July, and then I have well, you know the dates for nationals, you got another two weeks to English, then you go up week off, then you got British, yeah. so people that qualify will get more attention, they will well, um, they will get all the attention, and others will be okay. You don't have to do all the sessions. Um, you know, bring it down a little bit. Um, last two weeks, you, you you don't have to do mornings. Um, so that will then give me more room for people that are going to nationals. Um, and like I said, you know, I will explain to them. So hopefully, they will understand it and they will be happy with it. So sometimes it works out easy sometimes it's not easy but you know
0: yeah but then again though as you say you you still produce great results i mean i used to be friend. um i'm friends with a well i think one of your 50 breast strikers you're talking about a jody shoesmith yeah 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 um yeah so i went to university with her and i, I remember watching her at, doing that 50 breast final at summers and I, I think it's great if you're talking about that kind of like progression where um she's in there with your four IMs and stuff. It's, it's a really interesting, like, mix-up. And then you being able to say you can still accommodate that is, is great. And that was a very good swim. I remember watching that. Hey, Jodie's
1: um, uh, teaching for us at the moment. Oh, is she? Yeah, and she's a very, very good teacher.
0: Well, she was a very good swimmer, that's why. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I love working with her.
0: No, I, I, I think it's also it's a great thing to be able to bring them Bring people back into the sport in another manner, so they
1: don't. Always I, have well, I, 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 I'm very lucky. I mean, we got we got um, teaching program as well, and I've got one of um, our ex swimmers who retired when Corona started. Um, I don't know if you um, if you know um, uh, Callum Pearson, I know the name, disability yeah, disability swimmer. Um, so I actually got him to. Have run our teaching program and he's been doing it for eight months now he's doing an amazing job Um, and then i do ask our top as top squad swimmers to we do every half term the stroke clinics with with younger younger kids and i always take two swimmers from my squad every clinic is two different swimmers so getting them involved and at the moment we have five of them that have at least level one teachers course that's nice so i'm trying to keep them keep them involved because i don't want them. you know when kids pack it in they just disappear i want to keep them in a club you know
0: yeah and i think what's really interesting as well because at the start of this you were saying that Hastings all on its own anyway so if you have to make your own swimmers, you also have to make your own teachers and coaches as well. In that, yeah, so yeah. keeping it all in house is great in that sense. Well, uh, most of our coaches are ex seagull
1: swimmers. Most of them,
0: yeah. No, I, I think that's well. I think it's great to be honest because bringing in bringing in new ideas is is always. it's always good to have new people coming in but then being able to sort of produce manufacture and then mold your own your own talent and then your own knowledge is important as well because then the swimmers at the younger age seeing them swim now they're coaching the younger swimmers you know and it's that lovely cycle of you know knowledge. i also
1: find that that it helps them to understand how we think as coaches how we see things they're they're looking at at looking at it from that from different angle you know um and i think that helps them to understand why we as coaches do certain things and certain way
0: yeah no i can see that and it also helps i assume them Look at their own swimming and be like, okay, I could do this better. I could do that better simply by watching other people, yeah, yeah and being able to go, okay, they're not doing that right. Maybe I'm not doing that right. If you know what I mean, and you know that progression in that sort of like learning. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, I was, yeah. So I was, I was just going through my list of. Uh, bits here and I, there's a lot of um, want, I really want to talk a lot about the British Championships so actually what events did you have qualified for British Championships am I right there was a there, there was there a two sorry? fly in there as well uh, it was uh, two
1: breast, uh, 50 breast no 350 breast um, oh, sorry events were 350 breast one girl, and two, uh, two boys, uh, one free, uh, one boy, uh, one fifty back, one boy. Uh, and there was a, one girl that had 50, 100, and 200 back. Youngest girl had three.
0: So we are quite a sprint event orientated then.
1: Very uh, I don't, uh, you know what? Um, 20 years ago when I was working in in uh, Peterborough I was kind of people considered me to be a breaststroke coach because I had more breaststroke medals at nationals than in any other stroke and I kind of enjoyed it to start with but then I thought no if you want to be a good coach you can't be good at one thing yeah you know if you're going to If you're going to look after all of your swimmers, you've got to be able to coach
0: everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh,
1: Okay, there is, you know, kind of a bit of luck as well because, you know, sometimes you end up with more in one stroke than the other stroke. But I like to be able to say that I can coach all four strokes and all events yeah no, oh, I, certainly, trying, certainly trying
0: yeah no no I, I agree with that i do agree with that i, I just think it's um it definitely demonstrates um so in my in my head the way looking at it you've got 12 hours worth of training you're going hard and fast and that in itself breeds sprint athletes anyway um just because of the start of training in the amount of hours and I, I think it's really good to see that that correlation, if you know what I mean, it shows that that can work very easily in that sense.
1: I, I wouldn't say it works easily, but it, it can work. You know, yeah. you have to make it work.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. You can't get in and paddle, if you know what I mean. But it's the, the sense of um, having... your The way you were describing your training are intense, fast movement, and then you've got days of recovery. Which you've only got, what, 12 hours of training or so. Yeah. We, it does definitely breed that sort of like 50 sprint orientation, which is great If you know what I, mean.
1: yeah, I I think I think it's important to be able to sell it to swimmers um other events because you know what as you said everybody everybody's happy to train for the 50 you know <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that they're going to be good at it, but everybody loves 50 meters training, but um. Particularly with younger swimmers, you know, like, oh, 400 free, 400 IM, oh, no, I can't do that, or 200 fly, whatever. But the way that I do it, I try to sell them that it's actually easier to win the medals at counties and regionals.
0: Yeah.
1: On a 200 fly or 400 IM or, you know, because, you know, I, I kind of go through when we have a team meeting. You know, I go, okay. let's have a look at results from last year's championship. How many swimmers did 400 IM? And how many swimmers did 50 freestyle? So you tell me where is less competition, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I I do think anyway, at a younger age, they should be competing in longer distances.
1: Uh, Well, absolutely. But but listen, if you say that to parents or or to swimmers, you know, 90% of them one understand of what buy into it you know i'm 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 kind of old-fashioned uh well old-fashioned i wouldn't i don't know if that's the right way to say it but i'm kind of like from bill Sweetnam okay yeah, um, yeah i was very lucky to be on a team for for a few years in a old select coaches group and i was um, lucky to be to spend loads of time with him and john atkinson and i kind of learned from them um I do believe that young kids should be training for 200s first. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Really? I mean, you know, how many times you've seen a 10, 11-year-old, you know, amazing 50 freestyle, but they can't bloody do 200, you know? Yeah. But then by the time when they're 13, 14, those kids that did 200s...
0: Are so much better at the...
1: Are winning 50, 100 and 200, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and I I definitely feel like focusing on focusing your younger age group athletes on a fifty event is not is not beneficial for them in the long term.
1: Um, I just don't think they're going anywhere with that,
0: you know, because <laughs> even for the fifty,
1: you know, when 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 they say like, I hate saying a born sprinter. What does that mean, you know? But um, you have um. You can talk about uh different muscle fibers and types of muscle fibers we can't check that we don't do that in uk not like in eastern europe where you know they just take a sample of muscle fiber and they know you know this is going to be sprinter or or endurance or distance or whatever you know we can't do that um that um all my youngsters are encouraged to do 200s and Equally do all four strokes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't buy the, oh, I'm breaststroke, oh, I'm backstroke. No, I don't care. You call yourself what you like, you know, but you have to do. We have a rule uh, at club championship. We have like six rounds over a year and we cover all the events, every single one, all from all 50s up to 1500. And If swimmers are serious about swimming, club championship is training event, uh, practicing racing, and everybody has to do every event. You can't pick and choose. That seems sensible to me, though. Definitely. And I found that that kind of opens the eyes of lots of parents and lots of kids, because, you know, kids do something that they don't normally, or they wouldn't, or they don't like, and they're like, ooh, I'm quite good at this, you know. So maybe I should do that in the open meets or, you know, county championship or whatever, you know. So um I do insist. It's sometimes difficult, you know, you end up being a problem. Uh, yeah. but I do insist they do it all in the club champs, you know.
0: No, I think it's good to have variety as well, because you learn so many things from other events too. So like you there's so many crossovers between everything that It is important to listen
1: if you you swim just one stroke or one event. Uh, I mean, no one in the world does PBs all the time. No, and when you get when you hit that period when you're not PBing or where things are not going well, you've got nothing if you haven't got any other stroke or any other event, you've got nothing to fall on, yeah. And it's very difficult to motivate kids when they don't see any progress yeah I, but I, if you have if you can do two or three different events you know there's more chance that you will make a progress or achieve a pb in something uh instead of doing just one stroke or one event you know no so i, I think long term it, it's 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 uh, they're, they're better off you know
0: no I, I do agree with that the the younger younger kids i say we all see it all the time and it's it's important to see them enjoy the sport and enjoy that progression more, learn new skills, learn um, skills from all of the strokes and then when they're older, when they're 20 plus, they can start focusing on an individual thing.
1: And also you have situation where, you know, how many times you've seen when kid is like 10, 11, they have their favourite stroke and they're quite good at it, but by the time when they're 14, 15, they swim in something completely different. I mean, yeah. I remember when I was when I was 10-year-old, I was considered to be a backstroker. And I couldn't do breaststroke to save my life. And then suddenly breaststroke clicked in. And, you know, down the line, a few years later, I ended up winning medals at nationals. On breaststroke and backstroke was just shocking. It was laughable.
0: (laughs) No, I know exactly what you mean there. Like I used to swim 400 freestyle, 200 freestyle, bits of that, and now I'm all the way down to the 50. And I, to be honest, even when my coach writes 400 freestyle in the warm up, I'm bit like, oh, that's a long way (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, but you see, you set the base for 50. You know, you can do decent 50s now because. You have a you have a good base for it because you were doing two hundreds and four hundreds, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agreed. Um, but I, I agree. Is that change of as you get older, you understand that things things suit you better? As, well, wait. I I spoke to some Plymouth coaches a while ago, and they were discussing to me about it, and they were saying um, they don't want any to want to specify in what they actually do until they reach about like seventeen to eighteen. And even then, when they say they're specifying, they're still specified spine over, like, three or four events. And it's not until they reach in their 20s that they can eventually say, OK, what's your one swim for this season? What's that one event? And everything's around that one event. And I think that's, like, it's really key. If you're not in Plymouth, it's an incredible team, and the way they're going, and they have so much variety and so much in that sense, that it's only until they reach the very, very, I could say, like, their mid the start of their senior careers in in swimming that they actually start specifying into one individual event.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's 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 God, swimming's changed so much, you know. If you look at now, if you look at now like a world-class level, you know, it's people are older, people on the top are older than 20, 30 years ago, you know, there are very few young guys that are, you know, making international finals and stuff, you know. People are lasting a lot longer. Um, So to be able to do that, you have to have a good base. And the only tricky bit with that is kids do give up earlier these days as well yeah so see for us as coaches we need to be able to to balance all of this stuff to keep them in sport and to keep them developing at rates that is manageable not too soon not too late and at the same time keep them motivated Um, to keep going so quite tricky but um, at the same time it makes the job interesting and when you succeed with that much more satisfying you know
0: yeah no I do agree with you I know quite a few um, international coaches that I've spoken to have always said swimming doesn't really start until you're 20 in the sense of the real exciting no absolutely not until you're 20 and a lot of the times she's speaking to these 14 year olds and they're like, oh, but you know, Ben Proud's going 21 something, why not And then you're like, yeah, but you're not ready for that yet. That's it's not that time yet. You've you've got so much no, longer. But, but
1: when going. you when you when you talk when you talk to 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 people like Lindsay and 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 uh, John Rudd and stuff, you know, what most of swimmers and and, and parents don't know what Brent Proud was doing in training and what races he was doing when he was 14, 15, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They don't know. They only look at him now.
1: Yeah. They look at him now and, you know, they look at him like, you know, I mean, I don't know if you, if you remember when Mark Foster was on the top, um, last two or three years. And he was saying, Oh, he gets in the pool for half an hour, you know, four or five times a day. Um, you know never does more than an hour he spends more time in the gym but and you know you get swimmers like oh I'm a 50 meter sprinter I don't need to do any more you know like, but they didn't they didn't know that when mark foster was 14 15 he was winning medals at nationals on a 1500 freestyle
0: yeah yeah exactly
1: um so you know there is so much work behind or as I was saying earlier, you know, there was a good base that was set for him to be able to do what he's doing at twenty five, you know. Yeah. You can't do these things at at, at the age of 12, 13, 14 and expect to be competitive at well, even at that
0: age, you know, never mind 18, 20, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's it's that education of kids at that age, is going, put in the work now and you'll enjoy it later.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's why I said to you earlier, you know, I, I, my main thing is to, you know, kind of educate parents and swimmers and coaches to some degree as well, you know, because when when uh, younger coaches join in, they don't see it like that. And then um, communicate all of these stuff, you know, why we're doing things, the um, way that we're doing it um and then when they understand it they will do it better and certainly last longer in sport
0: you know yeah and that's the key that's what it's all about it's just keeping people in the sport and enjoying it (laughs) it's the main thing (laughs) absolutely yeah. yeah yeah thank you so much for coming on it's been really good conversation um and we've been able to just touch on quite a few interesting subjects so i've really enjoyed that um to all the listeners out there if you want to listen to this it'll be on your spotify um, playlist and all other podcast platforms um if you want to listen to more conversations have more conversations you can join the love swimming facebook group on facebook um yeah so once again thank you so much for coming on and it's been really great having this conversation drive thanks for having me pleasure